Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Gorgeous George and Goes, are you ready? Chunky Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on! From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We rollin'! What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes reporting for duty here on a Thursday morning. Excited to give you a good show here for the next hour or so as we discuss the latest big news in mixed martial arts. And we also have an interview with Austin Trout, former light middleweight champion for many years, including four or five title defenses. Uh, He comes from the sport of boxing. He, of course, dabbled in bare knuckle boxing this past weekend. So we'll talk to him about that experience. Yeah, light middleweight. Can you believe it? I grew up with them calling that division the 154 division in boxing as super middleweight or light middleweight or yeah, uh, junior middleweight. And then for some reason, the uh, they, they, they changed it to light middleweight. I, I don't like it. <laughs> it bothers me, goes. I don't know why. But um, anyway, I'll clarify that once we start the show. So, you know how in MMA we have flyweight 125 bantamweight 135 featherweight 145 lightweight 155 and then welterweight 170 right mm-hmm. well abc has official weight classes of 165 and 175 and i always thought 165 would be super lightweight or I guess junior middleweight would be my second one, second choice. Sorry, junior welterweight would be my second choice. I've always just thought it was cooler when it sounded super versus junior. Mm-hmm. So you're just above the weight class rather than junior almost sounds like junior varsity. You know what I mean? I know yeah. it's ticky tack, but 65 should be super lightweight. 75 would then become welterweight. I don't think you would keep 170, to be honest. Um, but if it didn't, then I guess it'd become super welterweight, and welterweight would be 170. And then they continue to 185. 195 would be super middleweight because there really isn't a – we already have light heavyweight at 205, so 195, I guess, could be cruiserweight uh, or super middleweight. Um, but yeah, Austin Trout, he is a light middleweight, former light middleweight champion in boxing. I don't know why they changed the light middleweight. That sounds dumb. Just too many of them. Too many weight classes, man. Too many organizations, too many weight classes. It doesn't mean what it used to mean. And that's unfortunate. Chris Cyborg posted something the other day. She posted her four belts. And she specified that she won all four belts 
in four organizations across two decades of fighting. And she said four different promoters, four uh, different matchmakers. It wasn't four different promoters. It wasn't. That's right. Because Coker was with her two different times. Mm-hmm. She she won the Bellator belt under Coker, and she won the Strikeforce belt under Coker. So it wasn't four promoters. It was Dana, Coker, and Shannon App because she won the Invicta belt as well. As far as matchmakers, yeah, whoever was the matchmaker at, at Invicta, which I think used to be Julie Kedsey or maybe Shannon, who knows, that would be one. Whoever does 145 at the UFC, Sean or Mick, or even Joe Silva, if he was still there, that's fine. And then over at uh, at Bellator in the last few years, it's been either Scott, Mike Hogan, or Rich Chu, who left the organization a couple years ago. And now he's with uh, what used to be called Went the Warrior. Now it's called Alta? Uh, yeah. What Kenny was in? Yeah. Uh-huh. So... Anyway, um, and Dan, and Dan, yeah, and uh, but who, who who's going to be a prick and chime in and tell Chris? Well, technically, three promoters. It was just impressive to hear it, mm-hmm. you know. And I love it when she holds all four belts. That that's her her grand slam of belts, and I, I can't think of anyone else that's gotten that's done that. I know that Dan Henderson won a UFC tournament in the late 90s. So he has a UFC belt. Then he won a pride belt, two of them, three of them, the Grand Prix, the middleweight, and the welterweight. Their middleweight and welterweight over at pride is our middleweight and light heavyweight here at the UFC, just to avoid confusion. And then he won the light heavyweight at Strikeforce. So he has that, and then he has a badass King of Kings tournament trophy, a few of those. Um, so if you were to stand next to those and hold the three belts, I, I would fucking tip my hat there. He, what he didn't win was an undisputed UFC title. Mm-hmm. And I guess he didn't go and win the PFL or the one championship. I mean... Fuck, like I, I think if he told him that, he'd go, So what? <laughs> you know, like look, look what else I got, you know what I mean? But so he's I, like the definition for of pound for pound, like what he was able to accomplish. Mm. Randy Couture has a tournament belt, two undisputed belts in the UFC, but he never won anything at Pride, no Grand Prix or nothing. So he he wouldn't have that. Uh I'm trying to think if anyone else like comes close. Anderson Silva never won a belt at Pride. Vanderlei Silva never won a belt in the UFC. Shogun won a Grand Prix belt, but he was never an undisputed champion at Pride, but he was an undisputed champion in the UFC. So if you hold the Pride Grand Prix and a UFC undisputed, that right there like is is awesome. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That, that's can't well, take that away from Shogun, that's for sure. Eddie Alvarez had a Dream Belt, a Bellator Belt, a UFC Belt. Uh, what else? Did he ever get one of those like show? He didn't get anything at one though. He should have got something at one. Yeah, because Dream would have been his version of Pride, I guess. Although Pride was around when he was at Dream, 
I mean, it was a little overlap. He had done Bodog and shit like that. Uh, remember Bodog? Mm-hmm. Fedor has a Pride Heavyweight Grand Prix belt, the Pride Undisputed belt. He never won anything at Strike Force because he lost in that Grand Prix to Bigfoot Silva. And and then, you know, then Strike Force was went bye-bye. He never went to the UFC. And then at Bellator, he didn't win anything. But he does have a Pride Grand Prix. Oh, sorry. A Pride Grand Prix. A Pride Undisputed. And he's got the Wama belt. Now, don't laugh. Yeah. That Wama belt, to beat that, he beat a former UFC champ and then defended it against another former UFC champ. And both were ranked top three when he did it. So, you know. That was one of my favorite belts. One of my favorite looking belts. Gilbert Melendez was a Shudo champ, a WEC champ, and a Strikeforce champ. And if he wins over Benson Henderson and had that UFC, that would have been pretty damn impressive too. That one, that fight was a split decision, I remember. Mm-hmm. He went straight into a title shot too. No one's ever done that, that I can remember. Eddie had to fight Cowboy and lost. And he lost that first fight to Cowboy. I think he won another one, and then he beat RDA. Um, Pettis is a WEC champ and a UFC champ. So had he become a PFL champ, that would have been very, very impressive. Benson's a WEC champ and a UFC champ. Had, Had he become, or if he becomes, a Bellator Grand Prix champ and wins the Undisputed? That's pretty damn impressive. Yeah. All right. This has been fun. Anyway, um, some other news here before we get to Austin Trout. Tatiana Suarez is back this week. Keep an eye on her. I've seen her train at Extreme Couture for the last year. She's had some neck issues. I mean, this young lady's been through a lot, man. She beat cancer, uh, hurt her knee, hurt her neck from a wrestling injury from years ago. And so she will be debuting. Well, not debuting. I guess, yeah, debuting at 125 pounds uh, this Saturday. She comes back. But she is focusing on Zhang Weili. So she's a straw weight. She won tough a few years ago. And she's undefeated. 8-0 overall, 5-0 in the UFC. But it's been almost four years since she's competed. She's now... 32 years of age, and she takes on Montana De La Rosa. So a tough fight coming back, but at flyweight. She is open to going to flyweight at some point and focusing on making a run there, but she wants to debut on Saturday at flyweight and then, boom, head head over to uh, strawweight and and make her way to Zhang Wei Li. I think if she looks good on Saturday, goes against Montana De La Rosa and then says something good on the mic, she might have a shot at Zhang Weili. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with Rose. Rose's T's going up to 125. Um, Zhang Weili, so she's got, and she's a popular name. The UFC loves to put her in title fights. So I, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, and then there's Amanda Limos as well. So, you know, it's not crazy to think that Tatiana couldn't, you know, be featured in, in a title fight against Zhang Weili. Yeah, I, I kind of like her at, at 125. I think that's going to be a little better. Um, she just has one of those bodies that fills out perfectly no matter what she does. You know, it's it's um, 
her height is just kind of perfect. So I don't know. We'll have to see. Staying healthy is just the biggest thing for her. Staying healthy. But when she's in there, she's proven that she's tough to deal with. Yeah. This is the one fight that goes at Chosen on spinning back click as this fight that he's looking forward to the most this weekend. Uh, I guess I never really chimed in too much on that one, but I know I'm looking forward to Lo- Logan Storley, the interim welterweight champion at Bellator against mm-hmm. Yaroslav Amosov, the undisputed champion at Bellator in the welterweight division. Amosov kind of put fighting on hold for real fighting as he was, he had taken up arms and was defending his country, uh, the Ukraine against Russia. And so now that's longer, that's off to the side. That that war still continues. It just reached one year. And he will now defend against Logan Storley. I'm just wondering, goes, how much does that still sit on his mind? How did he get better in that one year? You know, was, was probably not. I mean, I, was he able to get any training in at all uh, before the camp? Because Logan Storley and him have fought before, and Logan feels like, hey, I I think I can fill in the pieces and, and take this guy down. But I remember King Mo had told me about Yaroslav Amosov. He told me, he, he predicted he was going to be a champion, and he was going to be a tough, tough out because this dude can wrestle. And so mm-hmm. can Logan. Look, yeah, I was going to say. So uh, that should be a fun fight Saturday in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, that's two for you guys to look forward to. And then, of course, Ryan Spann and Nikita Krylov, oof, don't go to sleep. Both guys usually finish early their fights, so that one should be uh, a barn burner as well. Um, let's talk to Austin Stroud, and then we'll come back to some other news that's out there that kind of bothered me, but I think maybe we got some clarification on and in regards to Real Gone. All right, to talk to, no doubt, Austin Trout. What's going on, Junkie Nation? Austin Trout is back, the former junior middleweight boxing champion who now dabbled in the sport of bare knuckle fighting one of our guys, Diego Sanchez, at this past weekend's BKFC Knuckle Mania 3. Austin Trout got the finish in round four. Congratulations, Austin. That was a fun fight to watch, man. Thank you. Thank you. It was a fun fight to be in. Yeah, it was exactly. So that's what I wanted to ask you. Uh, it was your first time in bare knuckle. And but you look like you adapted to it pretty well, you know. I mean, we'll give Diego some respect. He landed a few here and there, but once you got comfortable, it seemed like all of a sudden, like that that fight became yours, and the finish would probably be inevitable at some point. Uh, but tell me, what was your the experience like, and and was it as fun as it looked to to you, and uh, you know, compared to like when you box? I guess I don't know. So, like first and foremost, it was. It was definitely very nerve-wracking to go into a bare-knuckle fight uh, with the likes of, you know, someone like Diego Sanchez. And I was worried that if I could not hurt him, that it was going to be a very uh, bad night for me. Mm-hmm. Um, thank God I was able to sting him and stun him with, with you know, the jab and, you know, the straight shots. Um, but, other, yes, it was, it, was, it was electrifying. The adrenaline, you know, didn't wear off until probably maybe an hour off 
after the fight. That's when my oh. hands started to hurt. Oh. <laughs> you know? um, but it was um, something that I, I'd be very interested in doing again. Uh, not saying I would just, you know, give up on boxing, but, you know, let's try it again. Let's try somebody else. We've loved we've loved watching you compete in boxing. All respect. You've won a belt there. You've defended it and and everything. And we really enjoyed you going to BKFC. Again, we're joking here, but that's one of our MMA guys that you took out. So eh, kind of bums us out a little. But how how did he do? Uh, and, and I know there's some stuff that's been said. If you can kind of keep that to the side, just let's focus on the competition. How did Diego do, fellow New Mexican like yourself? Well, you know, he he really didn't implement or or attempt his game plan we, you know he told everybody he was just gonna rush me and he was gonna um you know jailhouse brawl or something like to that to <laughs> to that that nature um and you know the first round we got close into the clinch i pushed him back i hit his body and, and we, i didn't see any more of that clinching so i, I was expecting a lot more dirty fighting you know it ended up being a boxing match that I ended up walking him down in. And I, I wasn't really expecting that. You know, I thought I was going to have to turn him the whole time. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, again, you know, everyone has a game plan until you get punched in the face, right? Right. Uh, after the fight, Luis Palomino was brought in. And they're already talking like this could be the matchup that, that gets made. He's a champ champ Yeah. in uh, bare knuckle. And what are your thoughts now that you got one under your belt? Hey, let's do it. Or would you take one more fight before you get to Luis Palomino? Like, if they're going to give it to me, I'll take it. Um, yeah. I've seen videos of Luis Palomino, and, and, you know, no shade. Not saying he's not a good fighter. He definitely is a good fighter and a good champ for a reason. Uh, but I see something. And, uh, yeah, I'm with it. So if they, give, if they give me that opportunity, excuse me. <coughs> I'll take you. Bless you. All right. Thank you. Um, can you tell us what 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 is it that you see that that jumps out at you where you're like, no, I got this. I just saying, kind of similar with what I saw with Diego's, my footwork and in my jab is going to be a problem. Um, that's you know that's basically it. The jab and the footwork. If he's going to get past that, then he has to deal with the, the combination, the speed punching. Um, and then even though I don't get hit, I got a chin. You know, you know, it, it's it's not every day that somebody drops Austin Trout. It takes takes one hell of a fighter, you know, like the likes of Canelo. Did Diego hurt you, rock you at all in the fight? No, not, I can't say that I was rocked at, at any point mm-hmm. or hurt. After the fight, uh, well, we already talked about the Palomino part, but I'm talking about even post-fight, post-fight. Diego went to social media and said, you know, that uh, you cheated. And so he's saying you had more excessive Vaseline and he didn't get any. And applying it to what you said, uh, you were expecting a little bit more of of, of a clinch or something like that. He's saying it was difficult because of that. What what do you say to Diego uh, with his accusations? Cap. Super cap. Um well, where do we start? Let's let's start about what, what are the rules on on Vaseline and BKFC. Honestly, I'm not too familiar. I mean, in MMA, you can't have it too excessive. Okay, I've seen so that's, white that's MMA, out. right? That's and, MMA, and, and in and, and well, the white let's talk about MMA. So in MMA, when you have excessive Vaseline, 
when they check you at the door, right? right. The, what would they do? Wipe you down? Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they, they apply whatever they think is is a correct amount. Okay. Yeah. And that's, I would think that's, that's an MMA. It's going to be somewhat similar, right? I mean, I don't okay. know. Okay. So that's that's M- MMA, though, right? And, and that's what would happen. They would wipe you down. And I'll tell you about in boxing what, what happens. There's no rule set. It's really on the discrepancy of the commission. And there's, you know, so you put on the, the, the grease that you're going to try to put on. And just like in the MMA, if there's too much, they wipe you down or they make you wipe it down and reapply it. All right, same almost same thing in boxing. So here in the BKFC, there is no rules, not on the site. The BKFC doesn't list rules about Vaseline. So it's, in my opinion, it's probably going to be to the discrepancy of the commission or to the guy that greased me up before I got into the to the square circle. You know what I'm saying? Um, to say that I cheated is bull is is bogus. You know, I didn't cheat. There was no there's no clear lines that talk about Vaseline. We didn't do anything in a box away from anyone, and we didn't come out trying to hide anything. Everything was done right there in front of everybody. And if anybody had a problem with it, they should have talked about it then. You never heard Diego right after the fight. I was right there with him. You know what he said was the reason why he couldn't clinch out of his own mouth before, before he saw a video that suggested that I was cheating? It wasn't his idea. It was a video that, that gave him this idea that I was quote unquote cheating, which I'm very aggravated about. He said the reason why he couldn't clinch is because of the speed and the footwork. That was the reason why he couldn't clinch. You know, I was more elusive than he thought, right? That was what he said out of his mouth. Now, afterwards, and we got the timestamp footage and all that from the video, because it was right after the fight. He never said he was too slippery. I couldn't grab him. He never tried to grab me. The only time we had to clinch, I beat his body up. He never tried to clinch again. Okay, so to say that the Vaseline was cheating, said so that in boxing we put Vaseline over everywhere, right? In in MMA they have certain amount that they allow. Right. I don't know what that is, but they check you right at the front. Over right. here they checked us at the front, and it was fine. We got in there. And whatever we put on in between rounds, because we do just like he did. He said he didn't get none, but we have footage that he got Vaseline before and in between the rounds. Um, if his corner didn't put more on, that's his corner's fault. Mm-hmm. And if, if they didn't like as much Vaseline as they put on, they should have checked me, but they didn't. Okay, this is, again, this is a hybrid sport. I'm from boxing. He's from MMA. Wait, he should have put on more Vaseline. He had a boxing coach in his corner, so that's really not a. It's not no fault to me that he was ignorant of what he could do. Mm-hmm. And again, I didn't put any excessive Vaseline because even in boxing, they don't allow excessive Vaseline. They make you wipe it off mm-hmm. if it's too much. We put on what we what we felt was it a, a good amount. It checked, and then again, BKFC they sat there and put it on. They put the the Vaseline on to go in. The only time my corner put on Vaseline was in between rounds. Mm-hmm. Did this sour the victory at all with that? No, it's just annoying because do you, I mean, honestly, at first I was like, you can't be serious. Who's going to take this serious? But then there's a whole bunch of, uh, I, I think they're bots because most of them have less than 100 followers and a lot of them are private, no pictures, but they're talking big head, you know, and, and it didn't sour the victory because it, it did. He didn't get close enough to, to touch me. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just keep it a buck. The Vaseline had nothing to do with nothing. 
it was this jab and his footwork and the combination punching in the defense. Please go watch it again. He never grabbed the back of my neck to even attempt. As soon as he put his head up, I busted his body up. He ain't pick it up no more. Start doing this ish right here. Mm -hmm. uh, Palomino mentioned April. Uh, is that too soon, or could you be ready for? I think I could be ready by April. Okay. We'll see. I know my hands are still a little tender, so you know we'll see how long it takes for them to feel better, and then. Then we'll start from there. So, Austin, before the fight, you shared with us your plan for BKFC and your plan for boxing. And I wanted to know, now that you've been through one fight, has any of that changed? Do you feel like uh, after doing BKFC and being so successful at it, do you kind of want to conquer that sport or do you just want to keep getting tastes here and there? Uh, no, I, anything I do, I want to go and be the best. And, and even before I jumped into the BKFC, I was looking at like, you know, how can I how many fights do I do I think I can I need to get to the title? And um, you know, so the plan was always to, to try to be a, a champion at the BKFC. Um, I would love to be a current champion of the BKFC and boxing. So, you know, looking and see what the boxing world has for me. I'm ranked in a certain situation in the WBA, I think top six or fifth or sixth in the WBA. Boxing takes a long time to get things done. Uh, I think I can get things done a lot quicker in the BKFC. So you know, I, you know, I have the the I'm blessed enough that I, I'm in a position I can go look and say, "Hey, boxing, what you got for me?" Well, that's not a title shot. That's not even close to the title shot. BKFC, what you got for me? A title shot or a title eliminated? Okay, look, I guess I'm gonna go do that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. What did you hear from friends in boxing, uh, people that you met for the first time out there? What were their thoughts on the event itself? It was pretty interesting, man. Even we were kind of watching it thinking, I wonder what Austin's thinking as these fights are unfolding one after another before your fight. What was the overall conversation? Did any of your friends from boxing reach out and, and share their thoughts on this world? They Well, they loved it, first of all. Uh, as you said, as fans of, of, of combat sports, um, one of my friends, Big Six, Jason Estrada, he was the super heavyweight Olympian for 2004 uh, in boxing. Uh, he commented, he said, bro, I only bought this because of you, you know what I'm saying? But that was the best $7.99 I ever spent. Like, I'm locked in from now on, right? And I was like, bro, I'm telling you, and, and you got to see that, that it's live. Like, the the it's just electrifying. These people are excited. It's an exciting sport. It's like how how boxing used to be where, where the fathers would take their kids and they just both walk away like, yo, did you see, man, bro? You know what I mean? So um, it's it's exciting. It's it's very exciting. Uh, everybody was very excited about it. Like like numerous people told me it was probably the best, you know, eight bucks they spent. And, and they're going to be locked in for the next one and the next one. It's funny you bring that up because today I may or may not have been at Del Taco. And they may or may not have said that'll be ten dollars. And I thought to myself, for seven ninety nine, I watched all the all this right. a burrito and a coke, man. But but yeah, that is tremendous. Let me ask you this here, all right? So BKFC's history is not it's not that deep, right? But this might be the first time where a guy from boxing is coming over, right? And you have a guy in Luis Palomino who grew up doing mixed martial arts. 
but has done BKFC so long Mm -hmm. that you could almost say he's a BKFC fighter, a representative of BKFC. Um, So we might actually have one of those types of fights, if you know what I'm getting at, where uh, a boxer comes in and fights a proper BKFC guy, a guy that's been doing it multiple times. Mm -hmm. How do you see that matchup as opposed to, you know, maybe what people were talking about with you and Diego, where it was MMA guy versus boxing guy? So definitely, you know, one, it, it didn't matter who it would be. We would take them as serious as possible. Um, and with, with Palomino, we, we better take him serious. You know what I mean? And like, just, even with Diego, he was dangerous. But we had to take him serious. You know, it only takes one shot, right? Uh, Palomino, I believe he has, he has much better hands than Diego. Um, I think that's evident. And, and just, you know, he's a champion. I believe he's what eight fights in and, and undefeated in all of them. Um, I, I think again, he's gonna have to have an answer for the counter shots. One thing in boxing that I was real good at was drawing people in and then meeting them right where they are, and that's like the best way to 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 work uh, people that have some shorter or slower feet. Uh, so not with giving too much away. You know, he's going to have to figure that out. And then once he figures that out, I got like two or three more of the things that he's going to have to figure out. Um, and for me, I, I feel like I'm just going to try and make him figure me out instead of trying to figure him out. And that's what it is, just opposing one's will on, on the other. Austin, so I looked up the rules real quick while you and Goes were talking. For This is for the uh, Athletic Commission in New Mexico. It so says it's up to the commission, right? It's not a BKFC rule. It's an athletic right. New Mexico State Commission. Right. Oh. BKFC doesn't have any rules at all regarding okay. regarding. But that's uh, another thing. That's another thing. We had a DI with us everywhere we were. They had checked our bottles, our water. Whenever it was time to put on Vaseline, like uh, or anything, they were right there watching, wrapping hands, putting on well, not gloves, but wrapping the hands, and they never left our side. So again. I'm not. I don't like this cheating allegation because we everything we did was in front of a witness. Right. It was the the body that, that upholds these rules as well. Yep. Go ahead. Tell them the rules. That's what they're there for, for sure. Yeah. You know, they they definitely could have said something if they saw it. Here it says, uh, according to the New Mexico Athletic Commission rule, only discretional use of petroleum jelly, i.e., Vaseline, and nothing else will be allowed on face, arms, or any part of the contestant's body. The excessive use of petroleum jelly is uh, strictly prohibited, and the referee shall have, uh, and the referee shall direct any excessive petroleum jelly to be removed. And as we've spoken, that did not happen. So it didn't happen. And so again, only only Vaseline. That means no baby oil. I didn't use any baby oil. Mm-hmm. No lotion. I didn't use no lotion. You know, we only use petroleum jelly, and and. Petroleum jelly we put on, we put it on in front of everybody that witnessed it. They ain't had no problem with it. So stop mm-hmm. calling me a cheater. You know, you don't have a problem with me. You have a problem with someone else's discretion. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I didn't put any on. That's your fault. That's your corner's fault. And mm-hmm. he did put Vaseline on. We watched it on the video. They better put some Vaseline on all those cuts. Like, that would be ridiculous not to. Obviously, you know how to throw a punch, but it's an adjustment to fight with For sure. with no gloves on. And I wanted to ask you, is it 
all of your hand that takes that pounding from, you know, connecting with the head and different parts of the body? Uh, or is it just like a certain knuckle from one punch that you can, you know, re recall? What, no, for me, it's, it's really just my knuckles and it's these first two knuckles. And you see my hand is still a little swollen, but, um, you know, my knuckles, none of them are caved in. Um, it's really just the knuckles that are a little sore. Mm -hmm. My hands are good. My wrists are good. You know, I, they say my thumb is a little bit sore, but, um, you know, I, I, I think that's that's walking away and that's saying that they, they came out pretty good. You know, I heard you, everybody be breaking their hands in this in this fight, fight mm -hmm. game. So, you know, I don't think my hands broke. And again, I can move them. They're just a little swollen um, and no, no uh, recessed knuckles. Like, um, they're good. I can't wait to, to get to punching again, for real. Right. Yeah. Well, we can't either. And and you said April could possibly work, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I'm just checking to see when my hands feel good to start hitting again. And I can jump into camp because, you know, camp, you know, it's April is coming up. It's about to be March. Mm -hmm. so, so, again, as soon as my hands are nice and healed, I can start training again. Then we'll see how, how long we have from April. And if it's if I need a little more time, you know, he, he could fight. <laughs> while I get my together. <laughs> Piggybacking off what Goes said uh, in terms of, you know, how this went down and the response you got from people just saying, hey, man, I, I watched your fight and this is, you know, my feedback. I enjoyed it or whatever. Did you get any of that where someone said, hey, I want to get in this? Like some of your boxing friends. maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a lot of – and a lot of time, a lot of them were telling me, bro, you crazy. I can't believe you're doing that. But I, I'm going to watch. I'm going to see how it goes, man. I might I might want to dabble. I'm like, oh, so you just want to see me do it first mm -hmm. and see how it goes. And then – no, but, yeah, I, I think I think a lot of boxers are going to start start trying to sign on. Um, you know, I, and I'm, I'm happy for them. If it makes the sport more interesting, you know, I'm with it. Bring you it can on. obviously – shut down any of this that you want or that are or tell us what you want or whatever um in our sport in mma the salaries are really kept low-key they're, they're just not revealed um goes and i we told you we followed boxing for many years we were well aware of the per purses that come with it and then we also watch other sports and in other sports the salaries are revealed and in our opinion i don't know what your thoughts are it's what's allowed the NBA to have players make $50 million a year because it, they can compete with each other, right? Right, right? Anyway, what I'm getting at here is how, you know, you said on the one hand, if boxing's hollering, you might be interested. If not, BKFC. But it sounds to me BKFC gives you a competitive wage. Otherwise, you, you wouldn't be looking Absolutely. at this, right? Absolutely. I, I, exactly. You know, I do want to see what boxing has to offer because, you know, depending on the fight, it could be up there with the BKFC's uh, type of, of payment. You know, they, they're both, they're, they're definitely getting up there. And and that's that's actually without even knowing what the BKFC might offer for, like, a, let's say a title shot. I don't, I don't know what they might offer for that. It could be something better. So, um, you know, the good thing is that there's some type of options happening. And you're right. Um, they, they do pay what I would, I would just go out flat out and say that. BKFC pays, they pay a, um, a fair wage and they they know and they straight up said this like you guys are taking the risk you're the most important piece of this puzzle and we want to make sure that you guys are you know compensated as such 
and uh, you know, respect that. Mm-hmm. If it works out for the fighters, I'm all for it. And for them to take that kind of stance is going to force other people to start taking that kind of stance, or they're going to lose their fighters. Feel right. me? So right. just like you said, like for the NBA, you know, for them to get up to that kind of wage, you know, it's because it, it's they believe that they show that they're that, that important. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this a seven-figure sport for someone like you, uh, or closer? Oh, it can be. Okay, it will be. Yeah, good. Um, because you're right. Without you guys, I mean, we say the fans, and it's really, really true. But I think the fighters need to understand just how much value they bring to this. That's why we tune in because you can give us a card; the fans will be there. It sounded to me like right. eighty-two hundred was popping in Burke. You know oh, what I mean? And I think they would have shown up regardless. Yeah, of course, you and Diego have had incredible pull there. But at the same time, uh, I, I, you know, man. I, it, was I, a, it was a great card with balance. Let's just put it like that. Even if me and Diego's fight wasn't on there, it was still a great card. Like, yeah. there, there was great, a lot of drama, good knockouts, good fights. I mean, the main event was crazy. The upset with Hardy. And then, you know, me and Diego's fight, it was just like, it was just the icing on the cake, for real. How about the main event? Yeah, that main event was nuts. Wow. I mean, (laughs) Richmond got up. Richmond was done. Yeah. He was done. And then, and then, like, I'm like, what could have, what could have Mike Richmond done differently? Jab, maybe? But he still slipped and came out. I don't know what he could have done differently to not have walked into that shot. Mm-hmm. Um, fainted, fainted, fainted him in, you know, like wow, probably yeah. did. You know, golly, that was crazy. Richmond used to fight at one thirty-five in MMA. He just I know he was. He got. <laughs> he's like, like, I don't want to make weight. He wants to dabble with heavyweight. Now you've been a pretty consistent one fifty-fiver. It's, but he hit so hard, you know. Yeah. What I mean that that weight, that power carried with him. And that's yeah. why he's like, okay, I don't need to make weight. I can knock these big guys out. It's no, crazy. you have you're a master of the sweet science. How how many pounds could you sacrifice to a bigger guy and still feel comfortable going in there? Could you? Do you have your sights set on multiple weight classes as well? Yeah, but I'm not going up. I'm going down. I would, I would do, <laughs> I would do 65, 55, and 45 if it was the right fight, right money. Because mm. you know, again, I make 55 in boxing fairly easy. I've made 147 before. Okay. Uh, yeah, me making weight is not hard for me because I don't, I don't eat meat outside of camp. I'm vegetarian when I'm not like in hard training, mm-hmm. and so yeah, that's how I keep my weight down. Um, and then camp boxing, I've always boxing in MMA is different because we uh we try to just keep our weight low. Or I think MMA, y'all they get as big as they want to, and then they you know cut yeah. 30 pounds or whatever. If we cut 25 pounds, it's over the course of two months, you know what I mean? And we slowly mm-hmm. kind of break it down like that. And then uh, so the the weight cuts I know is just night and day compared to MMA. So me trying to go to say one, I mean, even at 165, I was walking in at like 174, 175. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I know Diego's probably 185, maybe 195. Who knows? You know what I mean? So me trying to go up anymore at 175, I, you know, I'll, I'll be in there at 175 and get to do this probably almost 200 pounds. You eat meat during camps though? 
During camp, yeah, and it's really uh, specific. Interesting. Turkey, turkey okay. and like grass fed. Or yeah. All right. Hey, well, listen, thanks for the time you always give us. No problem, we, we previewed the fight and now recapping the fight. And it was incredible. BKFC drew me back in. You know, we have a lot of options for us as sports yeah. fans or just yeah. consumers of everything that's out there. And this, this card drew me back in. I can't wait for this weekend, honestly. And I'm glad you, you read those those uh, those rules out. We didn't break any rules. I did not cheat. I'm not a cheater. I've never cheated. Um, you know, especially in this day and age where people is on the pads and then nepotism and people you know all that kind of stuff i'm i'm you know it really aggravates me because i've always been a1 so like to call me cheating they're being really disrespectful with it and it's really out of ignorance because i'm like you don't even know the rules you re you heard this from a video of somebody who don't know the rules but talks very well and you just ran with it this was never diego's idea he saw a video and he's running with it so that's aggravating take that ass whooping like a man, Diego. Hey, Austin, I, I do have one more, and I'm hoping you can educate me on this, okay? Mm -hmm. In our world, we have a lot of mixed martial artists that go to boxing or other sports, uh, primarily Jake Paul, right? He's had his way with a lot of mixed martial arts uh, fighters, former champions. Yeah. But in this particular fight, he's going up against uh, a guy who has pro boxing experience, right, and Tommy Fury. However, we don't know how to label that. Now, in other words, uh, the difference between a guy who's had 10 fights in boxing and a guy who's had 10 fights in mixed martial arts is very different, right? Absolutely. So Europe, can I get maybe your opinion on this fight? Is it fair to say Jake Paul is fighting a legitimate boxer this time around? Or is it kind of the same of what we've been seeing here? So, okay, Tommy Fury as far as, as how green he is. He's probably just as green, if not greener than Jake Paul. And Jake Paul has more experience because like Anderson Silva is, is more of a, a veteran fighter than, than Tommy Fury, even in boxing, um, just cause you know, he's been through it. Uh, so I, I'm not saying he's not a real fighter. This is, this is a, as real of a fighter as any other six and old boxer would fight and they probably want to fight an eight and no boxer if that makes sense yeah makes sense so right. as far as any other six and no boxer this is a real as a fighter as any other six and no boxer would fight um tommy fury has always has a puncher's chance he, he has a pedigree of the fury bloodline so those things do i they do add to the fact that you know he's kind of bred from this he's watched this since he was a kid his father you know was uh you know papa fury you know got him training since probably he was a kid even though he's very green and young but he's not i mean if you look at tyson fury tyson fury don't do nothing uh by the book and, and neither will tommy so he's smarter than i am he may have gotten it i don't get it uh you think six and oh jake paul who took up the sport three years ago has made up and is more talented at so far in his boxing career than 8-0 Tommy Fury, who comes from a boxing family? I'm not saying he's more talented. I'm just saying Tommy Fury is definitely a, a real fighter for a 6-0 fighter. Oh, okay. So that, that's a formidable challenge. Then. Yes, yes. For, for a 6-0 gotcha. fighter to, to face, yeah. Tommy Fury is definitely a formidable fighter. He's a real fighter uh, for a 6-0 fighter. 
And then I was adding into the fact that yeah, he comes from the Tyson bloodline. He's mm-hmm. he's Tyson. I mean, he's from the Fury bloodline. Tyson Fury's little brother. Um, all that adds to the fact that he's he's a real fighter. Who do you like? Six and fighter. Who do you like? Who gets their hand raised, Austin, in in that match? I don't want to say because I don't know how how these uh, contracts are, are set out. You know what I mean? Like, can can Jake Paul get knocked out? Is that in the contract that he can't can't get knocked out? So I can't even say. <laughs> I hear you. Huh? Okay, I never thought I'd hear that. <laughs> Would you fight Jake Paul? Hell yeah, he's man, that's M's. That's millions. Okay, well, uh, well, I, I get it, but you shot me down a little while ago when we were talking about you moving up in weight. You said no, 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 because that's that's you know those are competitive matches that you know I feel like um, could work my way to the millions. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? With Jake Paul, that's automatic millions, and he's green. I'm not fighting a veteran MMA fighter that that's been doing bare knuckle for ten fights. Nah, he's he's like you said, six and zero. Oh. Now for my thirty five and in five and one or thirty six five and one self, I you know. I can get busy with Jake Paul. That's boxing, mm-hmm. not bare knuckle. Yeah, that's back in my you got realm. options. You got options. It's, yeah, it's that's back in my realm. Yeah, you know, bare knuckles is that's new realm. I'm not trying to give up 30, 40 pounds to somebody in the new realm. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for the time. Hey, my pleasure, man. Thank little, you. Guys. Little OT there. We snuck in. We appreciate it, <laughs> and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Have a good one, man. Help clear my name. Trout's not a cheater. Child's not a cheater. Okay, he did not like those accusations of know. cheating for sure. That he was playful and played, you know, and and goofed around with us, but he made it clear. Come on, put some respect on my name. Put some respect on that win. You know, he's right. Goes in in this in this instance. Let's just say, let's just say that he did. He did have a lot of Vaseline, but let's just say that he even put more on. That's not against the rules to do that. It's against it, it, the commission has to catch it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just like me, if I were to uh, put stickum on my hands, excessive as a cornerback, it's up to them to catch me and tell them to remove it. You know what I mean? And a lot of cornerbacks used to do that back in the day. Cornerbacks, uh, defensive backs in, in in football. Lester Hayes was really really famous for that. And eventually they made you get rid of stick them all together. But I'm just saying athletes are going to push the envelope until they're told not to. And he didn't put the Vaseline on himself. I remember Anderson Silva got accused of putting it on and then rubbing it on his shoulders. And some fighters didn't like that, but (laughs) I don't know. I, I guess some people just, maybe didn't grow up watching all kinds of sports. Uh, There's this infamous incident with George Brett, who used to play for the Kansas City Royals. I don't know if he was before your time goes, but he uh, had pine tar on his bat. And they had said that it was past the point of when you were allowed to put pine tar on your bat, you know, to help with the grip. And he exploded, of course, came out of the dugout. He got thrown out. He Uh, loved the fight. Hmm? He loved the fight. Yeah. Like, corking a bat is illegal. So I'm not saying do that until you're caught because you can't see when the bat's corked. And so now you're trying to put one past everyone. But, you know, the Vaseline, that that was applied to you. 
Now, you could have told him, put as much as you can, dog, you know, in the back, your own corner or whatever, and even the guy that's doing it. But before you go in, someone has to check it. So Diego's got to be more mad at the commission than Austin Trout. We looked in the rules there. Uh, BKFC hasn't clarified what their rules are, at least according to their website, but then whatever it is that I quoted there to uh, Austin Trout, um, you know, that's that's not on Austin Trout. Diego needs to be more mad at Diego because for me, this was almost a non-factor, really. And we said this as we were watching the fight. He's just not going for the clinch. He wasn't doing it. So it's not like he kept going for it and missing it. He just wasn't doing it. He couldn't find Austin Trout. He couldn't get to him to do it. And uh, I think the couple times he did, Austin's right. He went to the body and kind of backed him off. So I don't know why uh, all of a sudden this is like a, a big issue for him. It, it was more uh, strategy-wise. He just wasn't doing it at all. And he's mad that they didn't put any on him. Well, why didn't he speak up or why didn't his corner speak up? You're mm -hmm. a veteran, right? I mean, that 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 veteran who cuts a lot. Yeah, so I understand Austin's point. I don't think he was mad at us. I think he's just mad that it's been brought up. And it, it's taking away from the performance, which was outstanding. And he's ready to go with Luis Palomino. I didn't want to push the envelope too much and be too much of an MMA cheerleader, but Palomino has grown up striking unlike Diego. Palomino has a lot of experience as a bare-knuckle fighter. You saw Austin there with the sore hands. He showed us his hands. They didn't look broken or anything, so that's good. And I'm sure Austin, Palomino's hands are sore too, but uh, I think it was good that he went four rounds before he took out Diego. If he had taken Diego out in 30 seconds, he may not have felt and gotten that experience of what it'll take probably against Palomino. I think Palomino will be harder to hit, and Palomino will have an easier time hitting Austin Trout. Now, that said... Austin Trout is a proper boxing champion with almost 40 boxing matches. Luis Palomino can't, at a high level, by the way. This guy mm -hmm. beat Miguel Cotto for crying out loud. We always talk about, oh, my God, he mixed it up with Canelo Alvarez. Well, that was a loss. Um, he, he didn't embarrass himself in the loss, but he did beat Miguel Cotto. So, yeah, anyway, um, I can't wait for that fight, though. I'm pumped. That would be a really good one. Yeah, that's, that's one where... Uh... I'm a little bit more excited about that than even some MMA fights at times. Yeah. Here's a story that kind of almost ruined this fight we got coming up with Jones and Gone. I'm on team Gone all day. If Gone fights as good as he's always fought and he always seems to get a little better, I just think Jones is going to have a problem with his power, speed, and precision. Like, he's really, really good, man. Like, he kicks your legs. He kicks you in the stomach. You know, that teep kick is really, really important for Sirogan. He's got good hands, and he's he's statuesque. Like, you know, usually Jones is able to – Jones still has long, long arms, but he's not going to have as much of an advantage over Sirogan because of Sirogan's um, height and length as well as he normally does. So, again, mm -hmm. slight advantage, but not like others, where sometimes he has, like, up to eight-inch advantage in the reach and he's much taller in this one he'll be one inch shorter uh, a couple inches longer with, with with the length but i don't you know i'm sure he probably hits a little bit harder because he's got more power but he's sacrificed something goes 
You don't just go out there, power lift, and become a better puncher. You might you might have more power. Yes, I'll grant him that. But what about your speed and what about your fluidity? You know, I I, I don't know if you're just gonna get you're just gonna get that. Now he didn't do it all in six months. This has been a three-year project, but that's also three years you didn't fight, whereas Cyril Ghan has been fighting. He had Tuivasa a few months ago, about six months ago, and then he had Nganu about a year ago. What scares me is, is Cyril Ghan saying, I, I'm lazy, and I only train when I'm told I have a fight, which is which means those are the times that I'm not getting better and improving. Although I've seen improvements in his game. He just always seems a little bit more fluid, you know, with, with, with what he's doing. And Ferdinand Lopez caught up with Fada Hanoon, goes, you produced that interview, so you heard it yourself. He's saying that was the old surreal, and about a year ago, he kind of tightened up his game, right? Right, yeah. I mean, he, you know, he didn't deny it. He said that's true, but it's just not like that anymore. And, um, you know, if you look at his performances, I, I don't think uh, when he did lose, you look at it and go, oh, it's because he was lazy. Like, that was a hell of a fight. That dude uh, comes out and he does perform. So um, I'm sure there's times that people are, are are lazy as well in their training. I think a lot of fighters could admit to that. But I think it's a little bit of a smokescreen, too, for John, which John kind of uh, alluded to, you know, not falling for that trap. Well, I would say this. In the fifth round, when Nganu was more than compromised with his knee, he had a he had a, a slight tear going into the fight. But by the end of that fight, that knee was messed up. That knee was torn. But they found themselves on the ground. I see what I see there was a guy that wanted it more in Nganu. He had more heart, more resolve. And to me, I think that's where the laziness may have come out of surreal gone he just couldn't push himself because he was the guy that was healthier you know what i mean and he was mm -hmm. every bit as strong as nganu and um and ganu's not known to be some noted grappler wrestler but he worked really really hard on it and on one knee he was able to uh i remember they were almost like in a 50 50 position and ganu was the one that dug deep and to me that matches what i used to hear about gone and that's that he was lazy up until about a year ago so that loss probably awakened him and hopefully between the Nganu fight and Tuivasa fight he got better before he was told he was fighting Tuivasa then sharpened up for Tuivasa and since Tuivasa has gotten better before Jones or whoever else he thought he was fighting and then obviously started preparing for Jones if he did that then maybe I'm okay with my pick but as a gambler that kind of shit scares me man I mean we're talking about the goat here no matter what even if I think, oh, he's going to be a little slower, and it's been three years, we're talking about one of the one of the guys that's discussed as 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 the goat. We are, but there are a lot of factors. You know, we just have to tell it how it is, and it's a guy that's coming off of a massive layoff. Like, remember what he looked like when he fought OSP, and he had a little bit of a layoff mm -hmm. there. Um, so there's that. He's in a new engine, a new car, right? He's a different weight class, new coaches too, right? A lot of people don't talk too yeah. much about that, but this is going to be different voices he's going to be hearing in the corner uh just emotionally he's been through a lot physically he's been through a lot um and then you got a guy on the other side who's just has shown he is a quality heavyweight one of the best heavyweights in the world and um 
I think based on that, you just got to go with him. I almost wish he wasn't at peace with Daniel Cormier. I know it's 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 better for that to be the case. He's not. Or, huh? He's not. He says things like that, but he absolutely is not. All it takes is, look, if you and I are friends and we have a little misunderstanding or whatever, we could probably clear that up relatively quickly. All it takes is for one of these bozos to say, did you see them dumb shoes Daniel Cormier had on or something? Boom, it's on again. They will never be friends, dude. They will, they've will. they said too many things, too many bad things. Yeah. I think he just well, wants you to think he's changed. And he always tries that. I don't know why he always tries it. I, you know, I guess he's a Christian, and but he does so many things that are so unchristian. Like, look, we're all human. You can have religion in your life and still, from time to time, slip up, right? Sin or whatever. But God, John Jones pushes it, man. In terms of like, you know, the the the, the stuff that he does, um, and and when he was younger and rich and famous, and all this money was thrust upon him. You could say immaturity, you know, he didn't know how to handle it, but it it, it just keeps going on all up until mm-hmm. even last, what was it? It was last year that he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, or not him, but the fight versus uh, Alex Gustafson, and he couldn't even get to tw- through the night without being a sinner again. I don't know. Um, he fights the real gone, and here's the last thing about Jones. So USADA has now said that, they will not be dinging any fighters for those amounts that Jones got dinged for when it comes to PED testing, picograms. Remember how he was just slightly over and they said it was like a grain of salt on a beach of what he was over. Uh, now, granted, he's had a few incidences over the years, but this is the one that kind of haunted him a lot. And guys like yourself goes, have said that shred of doubt is what prevents me from making him one of the goats. He's saying this should clear my name. And, uh, you know, others are going so far as to say he should have never lost his title then if that was the case. I'll let you let, let it marinate. I don't know if you've read about it, heard it, and all that. But my thoughts are this. That's fucking stupid. Because if they clarified it going forward, okay. I mean, a lot of people are also going to go, hmm, that seems fishy. He's got a fight coming up, and all of a sudden, picograms you know, aren't, aren't, aren't going to be on the table anymore. But, you know, it, to be fair, he has, uh, I imagine, been in USADA. I don't I don't think he ever fell out of USADA. I didn't hear about that like 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 I did with McGregor. Um, you know, he's been part of the USADA testing pool. And, I mean, he already passed a few fights with no picograms even before he vacated the light heavyweight title so that kind of was you know he was already in the clear about that but he's saying about even before dominic and whoever else there was a few fights that he that you know it cost him and and he had to relinquish his title you can't rewrite history folks you just can't and whether it's clear now it kind of it's almost like saying hey remember when nick diaz used to get dinged for marijuana and now marijuana is legal well go back in time and you know unfind him and undo this and undo that no he already served his penance that that's just kind of like that's the history of the game and Mm -hmm. you you just can't rewrite it um what's done is done yeah but what do you think about what he's saying like that clears my name it doesn't clear your name 
that's just the change that was done now. But uh, to me, that doesn't clear his name. What if he wins this fight, doesn't test positive? Does he now become the GOAT? Mm, no, not for me. Because the guy that I have as a GOAT also won two belts in two different divisions. The guy you have winning or being the GOAT lost twice in his career. True, but he was constantly testing himself, and uh, he did things the right way. And the guy you have has nine title defenses. This guy's got 11, and now they both would have two different weight classes. My guy didn't cheat, though. Picograms, though? Mm, other stuff? Yeah. All right. So can he ever overcome GSP? In your eyes, I, I think if he, I think if he really, really pushed on the gas, probably, but that that's just something that some people aren't willing to overlook, and I'm one of those guys. I um, I feel like if he beats Gone, I'd feel a lot better if he beat Nganu. but if he beats Gone, he definitely closed the gap on GSP because he has advantages in title defenses, mm-hmm. and well just title offenses, and not having lost. But I think he would have to beat Nganu, and then I could overlook it all and just say, that's the fucking guy. In fact, some some people say it now. So Gon's just the cherry on their Sunday. Um, but yeah, and then with one more title defense to top it all off, like that's something GSP didn't do, was defend his middleweight title. Uh, now, but don't, 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 don't sleep on Demetrius Johnson, folks. He's also had 11 title defenses, and now he's won a Grand Prix belt and an undisputed belt in another organization, <laughs> technically in another weight class because, you know, the whole hydrated uh, deal that they do over there at one championship. But, you know, they, they they he weighs in at 135, but he's really a flyweight. So who knows? At least that's how we traded on the USC, USA Today and uh, MMA, Sport, MMA Junkie uh, rankings. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he does also have the four losses. Whereas you, just just doesn't have any. Just be at two, both avenged. Um, Demetrius avenged two of them, Marias and Cejudo, but not Pickett and Cruz. So um, you have to nitpick though, and so you're when you're doing that, you're gonna come across with undefeated fighters and stuff like that. Like, but where you do nitpick, even though it what what it says on paper is a W. But you have to remember, there were a lot of there was a stretch for John Jones where there were fights that a lot of people thought he lost, and, and the judges gave him the the victory, like very close fights. There's not that many of those for GSP. There are that Johnny Hendricks one stands out, right? Mm-hmm. For the most part, he's just beating the shit out of people, dude. Yeah, if he loses to Gone, then that really hurts him against the GSPs and maybe Demetrius's of the world. But uh, it'll be interesting, man. The it, 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 this this fight implicates the heavyweight division because there'll be a new champion, and then a, a lot of people are going to wonder, well, who's the baddest man on the planet then? Jones, or is it still Ngannou? Who's the goat? Jones, or is it GSP? And who's the pound for pound best fighter on the planet right now? Jones or Volkanovski? You know, Volkanovski really, really could have if he had beaten uh, Makashev. Oof. He he he's right up there with those two. Um, 
you know, he's only got five title defenses. I and mean, <laughs> I say that almost like I'm disrespecting the guy. Oh, he's only got five. But um, anyway. All right. Um, you're telling me Poirier. What, what, what's going on with well, Dustin Poirier? See that guy that. Uh, that oh, the slap. Fucking moron. That dude, people are getting way too comfortable with doing stupid shit. Dude. He's so mm. lucky that that went the way it did. It could have gone so much worse. It looked that, like he wanted to jump out of that Jeep. I don't blame him. That that guy was an absolute moron, and he got what was he's he didn't get what was coming to him. Okay, that should have been a lot worse. I think he got off light. I'm glad it worked out the way it did because he still got slapped, but now we don't have a lawsuit, and Hoye's losing. You know, has to settle and has to give this idiot money or whatever. I think hopefully it can just end at that. Poye kind of faked the uh, the high five, like, <laughs> you know, he kind of gave him one of those. But then mm-hmm. he stretched out a little bit more and slapped him in the face. Um, What was that, like a little bit of a parade or what? I thought somebody was going to go, go Minion, go Panda. Like it looked like a small parade or a small Mardi Gras or what was it? That's what, wasn't it? Is uh, it Pat Tuesday or whatever? Mm. I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> good for Poye, but it but it did look like he got agitated him because it looked like his wife Jolie was kind of holding him back. He looked like he was either that or maybe he was just trying to scare the guy. But he was trying to act like the guy gave him the middle finger, and so when it kind of when Poye's car kind of came to a stop, he looked like he wanted to get out. But I don't think he would have. He's a pretty reasonable guy, and the, the slap sufficient justice. Lastly, yeah, Ray Borg is going to Bellator. Which means 125 days are over because Bellator doesn't have 125, and he'll just fight at 135. And Poy, sorry, Borg told us before an Eagle FC fight, I can make 125. I want to get back to the UFC. Uh, I cut out the bullshit, and he fought very well at Eagle FC. And I was an- anxious because I, not anxious, but I was um, wondering if he would make his way back to flyweight. He is with Ali Abdelaziz, and Ali does work his magic, man. He, he's been able to resuscitate certain fighters. In fact, he did it with Kevin Lee. But at the same time, when you don't make weight, you know that, that usually pisses off a lot of people. So maybe the UFC just told him, sorry, bro, it's either 135 or that's it. But Borg at 125 is a problem, man. Mm-hmm. I hope he's got everything in order, man, because this is, this is probably his last chance, you know? And it's, uh, I think he can do good things over there. I really do. Yeah. They're settling that Grand Prix with Patchy Mix and uh, Raytheon Stotts. And then I guess Tanner gets Sergio Pettis, right? But Sergio Pettis is out of the Grand Prix. So Stotts will defend his interim Bellator Bantamweight Championship. Against Patchy Mix, as they also go for the Grand Prix belt, so Mix, I guess, could take that interim title from him uh, and the Grand Prix title. But the Millie man, let's not forget about that M. City uh, Sydney Outlaw too is out of uh, Grand Prix, out of the lightweight. Mm-hmm. Who can they replace them with? It'd be nice for them to get a veteran name, right? They did. Uh, uh, they did. Yeah, I can't remember who it was, but I know they did. They did do that. It wasn't like a Pettis or someone like uh, that. Would nah, no, nah, it was somebody uh, along the lines of uh, him. Mm. 
along the I line. I remember looking at it and going, okay. Okay. Yeah, because that lightweight Grand Prix, it didn't pop as much as I thought it should have. Usman Nurmagomedov is a beast. Don't get me wrong. I, I like him as champ. Pitbull Brothers put in his time. Benson, Hender Benson Henderson is an OG, but still think we needed a few more names where we go, oh, no way. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Who's he going to be matched up with? You know, and instead, we got more of their younger guys that they've kind of done a poor job of elevating them to that platform. I I got into it with our our guys that um well guys and gal. I think it was Nolan and, and Farah on spinning back click because I understand their points. Like these are decent fighters. If you look at their records, they're good. But what they don't understand, and maybe it's because this is just a little bit before their time, but when the words Grand Prix get thrown out, you're talking about savages. Like, there's a reason you have to do a Grand Prix because you have so much talent that you need this to happen now. People want to know right now who is the best. Uh, we don't have time for this to play out over three, four years with rankings and, and this and that. Like, think about Pride, dude. And some of those names that were in there, Ricardo Arona, Shogun, Vanderlei, right? These are top-notch guys. Uh, right. Krokop, Fedor, Noguera. I mean, dude, every single person. Even if you go to fucking Strikeforce, that wasn't that long ago, right? They're alternate. Daniel Cormier won that. But think about who was in that. Verdum, Fedor, uh, Bigfoot, Josh Barnett. There was a lot of heat. Like, I mean, there were just guys with with incredible accolades that's why the word grand prix has to be thrown in there because you you have guys that no matter what you know if you want to see them one through eight eight could win the championship right because they're all top notch that you don't have that feeling here you just look at it and you go okay there's about three standouts and then decent fighters right mm. yeah and i'm trying to look up one of their grand prix that they had uh, let's see here. One of the Pride Grand Prix that they had, the Middleweight Grand Prix, just so you could all see, like, oh man, okay, now I know what these guys. Oh, here it is, goes. Check out the Pride Grand Prix in 2005 for Middleweight. And this, by the way, folks, was their version of Light Heavyweight. That's what they call that division over their life. The first round alone, goes, had Mauricio Shogun Hua against Quentin Jackson. Yeah, look at that. And you had Little Nog against Dan Henderson. Yuki Kondo versus Igor Volchanchin. Vitor Belfort against Alistair Overeem. Hedihiko Yoshida versus Vanderlei Silva. The late Kevin Randleman against Kazuhiro Nakamura. Dean Lister versus Ricardo Arona. Hikardo Arona. Uh, Kazuki Sakuraba versus Don Sik Yoon. So, because uh, Kazuhiro Nakamura, I may have said Sakuraba. Then they advanced. All right. That was the 16. They advanced, and it was Sakuraba against Arona, Nakamura versus Vanderlei, Alistair Overeem versus Igor of Chanchen, and Rogerio Noguera versus Mauricio Hua. So, not even advancing was Dan Henderson, Quentin Jackson, and Vitor Belfort. Mm -hmm. And Kevin Randleman. The semifinals was Ricardo Arona against Vanderlei Silva and Alistair Overeem against Mauricio Hua. And then the finals were Mauricio Hua against Ricardo Arona. So Mauricio Hua had to go through Quentin Jackson, Little Nog, 
Reem and Ricardo Arona. They kind of got a gift at the end, though, because uh, Arona had, had just gone through hell. Against Vanderlei. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, with Sydney Outlaw, who, by the way, I think I popped for Osterine, Carterine, and Alistair Overeem. Who knows what else? Uh, uh, Anna Struzzle was the last one. Three substances that are prohibited by, by WADA. He's out. And Brett Primus will step in to face Mansoor Benari. But yeah, that's what goes to saying. And I agree that 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 lightweight Grand Prix just doesn't pop. The lightweights, there's 200 of them. And they're all scattered between UFC, one championship, Bellator, whatever. But Bellator just doesn't have a good representation of household names like they should. It's a good, like if you announce it as a tournament, that, okay, that's a tournament. But when you say Grand Prix, you better come correct. Yeah, I agree. Aljamain Sterling versus Henry Cejudo seems to be official for UFC 288 March or sorry May early May. I'll just say early May. Um, Cejudo walks right back into a title shot. How about that? I guess Sugar Sean okayed this because Sugar Sean earned it after he beat Peter Yan. But mm-hmm. uh, I think it's. I mean, I think it's a good fight. We just have to see what kind of Henry Cejudo we get back. Um, if you look at all the accolades this dude has and what he's accomplished in his career, a lazy fighter probably couldn't do something like, like, you know, he's going to give whatever Henry Cejudo shows up that night will be the best Henry Cejudo uh, he can offer. It's just the question is, what will that look like? Right. It's been a three minute year layoff. There. Yeah. Three year layoff though. Yeah. Um, he's saying, Hey, Sugar Sean, be ready because I don't think Aljo will make it. Remember, Aljo is being, he's got stem cells going on. Uh, I guess he's got a, a bicep, a torn bicep injury that he's trying to get through. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seems to be past his neck issues, but I don't know. I'm just pumped up. I think that's a, a fun fight. I'm looking forward to it. And also, Charles Oliveira versus Benil Dariush. You know, the other day, Islam Makashev posted, who's next? And, I wrote Benny, no. And um, that was before I had heard because this fight between Benil and, and Oliveira has been in the works in terms of contracts have been sent out, but I hadn't heard an official announcement. Some guy told me, well, we'd have to get past Oliveira, right? Yeah, bitch. What do you think? That if he loses to him, that solidifies it? I mean, of course he's got to get past Oliveira, but sometimes it's just the timing of it all on social media. But I thought Benny just deserved it. But mm-hmm. if Benny does fight Charles Oliveira, yes, he's got to get past Charles Oliveira to fight Islam Makashev. But that does open the door now for a Dustin Poirier to slip in if Dustin Poirier is ready to go. Because that other fight's not till May. We're still in February. Yeah. Anyway, that kind of covers it for the latest news in mixed martial arts. Some big, big fights that have been signed as well as as well as uh, you know, I'll, I'll, the interview with Austin Trout. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. I did. That guy's really easy to talk to, and I hope we have him on more often. All right, folks. So enjoy the weekend. Enjoy one on Prime Video 7, Bellator 291, and UFC Fight Night 220. We got you covered here at MMA Junkie for all of it. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way you can get the notification of when we go live Every Monday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, with Spinning Backlick. 
So Spinning Backlight, in addition to the Junkie Radio shows, we got you covered here as far as talking about the latest big stories in this great sport of ours. All right, we're out of here. Enjoy the weekend. Talk to you soon. Go out and be a champion. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.